Welcome to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Your host, Leonard Birdsong, is a law professor, a former diplomat, and a former federal prosecutor who's here to inform and entertain you with a mix of humor, opinion, and information. Now, here's Leonard Birdsong. Yes, every Bob, it is Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio right here on Talk Zone. So happy to be with you. Got a good show for you today. We will uh, talk about some dumb criminal stories, and we are going to talk about, I'm going to talk about a few inventions that helped the economy of the world. There will be some words of wisdom about Labor Day, which is coming up on Monday. Got some news tidbits and some riddles. Today is the 31st day of August and the last day of August. Tomorrow will be September the 1st. Summer is coming to an end. At any rate, uh, I have things for you, but the first thing I want to do, even before I get to my dumb criminal law stories, is give a shout out to those poor people down in Texas and Louisiana where this Hurricane Harvey has struck. There have been some awful scenes of people being taken from their homes. People have died. Some of the statistics I've seen, that 37 people have died since the hurricane hit, I guess, on Friday of last week. Financial costs estimated to be $160 billion. In Texas, Mount Bellevue gotten 51.8 inches of rain, 51.8 inches of rain, and uh, the weather people say the amount of water that's fallen from the sky has been 24.5 trillion gallons, trillions, not billions, trillion gallons. About 30 to 40,000 homes in Houston alone have been destroyed. Those seeking federal assistance, 210,000 people. There have been arrests made for looting, about 40 of them, and uh, I hope the, I hope there won't be any more looting, and I hope no one else loses their life. I send my condolences to those who have passed in the hurricane. Having lived in the Caribbean and in Florida, I've gone through many hurricanes in my life, and I'm glad I'm still here with you. Well, okay, my thoughts and wishes and condolences go out to those living down in Texas and Louisiana, hit by Hurricane Harvey. Let's do something a little more humorous now. Let's talk about some dumb criminal law stories. You know, I work on these stories pretty much every weekend. I scour newspapers and and uh, the Associated Press to come up with stories that I can edit and use. But this week, I'm just going to go back into my archives, and I'm going to tell some stories from 2015. They're still funny, and they're still all true. Let's start. The first story comes from Georgia. The headline on this one read, quote, What a panty waste, end quote. A woman stole 785 pairs of sexy underwear at a Victoria's Secret on Valentine's Day at an Atlanta mall. The bandit stuffed $10,000 worth of garments into three shopping bags and bolted from the store. She was seen on video wearing a red hat and tennis shoes, appropriate for Valentine's Day. She's never been caught, according to my information. Here's a story from Alabama. Headline, he told the tooth, 
the whole tooth and nothing but the tooth. A truck driver claims he crashed his truck because he was trying to pull out a loose tooth while driving. He was ticketed by police. However, the self-employed driver presented the tooth to prove to police that the tooth was to blame. No one was injured, but there's no word on whether the police quashed the ticket. <laughs> the tooth, the whole tooth, and nothing but the tooth. <laughs> All right. This next story from Arkansas. Girdle up. State officials took over administrative operations at the Little Rock School District in February of 2015. This is after the state enforced an unpopular dress code for staff, which mandated that teachers wear underwear and bras to school every day and banned spandex. All right. That's not that funny. Okay, okay, we got a story here now from North Carolina. The question, would this have been a serial killing if he had died? Would this have been a serial killing if he had died? A woman mistakenly shot her Fort Bragg soldier husband, believing he was an intruder after he returned home with a surprise breakfast for her. Zia S. accidentally set off the house alarm when he entered, waking his wife Tiffany, who then grabbed a shotgun and fired through the bedroom door. Now, he was not seriously hurt. No charges were brought against Tiffany. But could this be a serial killing, bringing in breakfast for her, and she fires the gun? <laughs> All right, here's a story from... South Carolina. Headline, Gods and Space Aliens? Oh, come on. A man and woman broke into Carowinds Theme Park in Fort Mill, South Carolina, after it had closed. Fran Gee and Jay Lake claimed that God and space aliens urged them to break in, police say. They were charged with trespassing and child neglect when police found an eight-year-old boy alone in their truck. Hmm, boy. All right, what else? Here's one from Louisiana. Headline, Big Stink. It's been reported that police in New Orleans are trying to sniff out a bad guy. He's a thief that stole 30 air fresheners from a family dollar store worth more than $200. Now, it's obvious that the police would make a big stink over this case because there's a reward of $2,500 for information leading to the thief's arrest. Big stink. <laughs> All right. All right. A Kentucky story, and this is apropos for Kentucky. Authorities stumbled on some backyard bourbon. However, this was fine liquor and not homemade moonshine. Franklin County Sheriff's deputies found five barrels of bourbon stolen from the Wild Turkey Distillery. The suspect hid the spirits worth about $3,700 per barrel in his backyard, deputies said. <laughs> Kentucky bourbon, can't beat it. Now here's one, another one from Kentucky. The headline, yes, police threw the book at him. A candidate for Kentucky lieutenant governor 
was arrested for failing to turn in a library book more than a decade old. Jonathan Masters, who's 33, was driving to a TV interview when police pulled him over for having expired tags. The officer ran his name through the computer and found he had a warrant out for, quote, theft by failure to make required disposition of property 11 years ago. That is keeping a book from the library. My, my, my. Mm, mm, mm. All right. Well, these stories never stop. I've got some more for you. Some of them are funny. Some of them are sad. But that's what dumb criminal news is about. Here's a story from Indiana. You may have remembered this one in the news from 2015. The headline read, A Possibly Explosive Washroom? In March 2015, a restroom at a Walmart in Muncie, Indiana, was closed indefinitely after an employee discovered a working meth lab inside. The Walmart employee alerted police after seeing a suspicious man enter the restroom with a backpack and leave without it. Police say people are leaving, quote, the deadly explosive chemical in public places, and they are risking the risk of explosions. My gosh. All right. Here's a story from Wisconsin. We smell a drinking problem, says the headline. A drunken driver claimed the reason police smelled alcohol in his breath was because he had just finished eating beer-battered fish. <laughs> police found that John P., 75, had been driving around with an open can of Red Dog beer in his truck. Police reported Mr. P. had nine previous DUI convictions and failed yet another sobriety test when they tested him this time. Yes, we smell a drinking problem. <laughs> but he says he was he just finished eating beer battered fish. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> All right, I I've got a few more here that I think you might like. Have you ever heard of poopsenders.com? I hadn't. But um there's a story from 2015 where a woman experiencing bad blood between her and her neighbors was facing a stint in jail after mailing them a box of cow dung. We learned that Kim Cape, who was 41, used poopsenders.com to anonymously mail the dung to the neighboring couple after they repeatedly complained to police about her dog's barking. After all the problems we had, I thought it would be a funny thing to do, said Cape. To authorities, I don't think the neighbors thought it was very funny. <laughs> Poopsenders.com. My, my, my. <laughs> All right. Let's go to Ohio. There's no headline, but I guess I would say he will probably keep robbing this bank until he gets it right. A man allegedly robbed a bank that he had previously robbed back in 1999. His name is Larry Hewitt. He was 47. He did more than five years behind bars for the robbery at the Ohio Savings Bank branch in Richmond Heights, Ohio. Now he's been indicted for hitting the same back bank back in November 2014, where he stole $6,240, according to the police, po police report, and he's going back to the... The slammer, going back to the slammer. 
When he gets out, he'll probably try to rob the bank again until he gets it right. All right. Minnesota. The headline, the headline read on this one, this crime was a jug of bull. This crime was a jug of bull. A bandit stole $70,000 worth of bull semen from a farm in Leroy, Minnesota. It appears that a storage unit in the farm's milking parlor was left unlocked, allowing the still-at-large thief to swipe the valuable material. Perhaps it was an inside job. $70,000 worth of bull semen. That's a lot of semen, boy. All right. Maybe one more. Maybe one more. Let's see what I have here. Wyoming. Why, says the headline. Police report that a man and woman recently stole more than $9,000 worth of women's undergarments from a department store. The shoplifters made off with over 1,000 pair of panties from J.C. Penney from the J.C. Penney store in Cheyenne, Wyoming. My question, did they plan to open their own store? All right. I hope you enjoyed some of these archives stories about dumb criminals. I'm Leonard Birdsong. This is Talk Zone. I'm here with you on Thursdays at one to two from one to two p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to come back after this pause for the cause, and I'm going to talk about some inventions that have shaped our modern economy. These are probably things you don't know. Stick with me. This is Leonard Birdsong on Talk Zone. Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. Although he's been involved in serious criminal law work over the years as a prosecutor, a defense attorney, and a law professor, Leonard Birdsong knows that it's good to stay grounded. That means not always taking criminal law so seriously and instead just having a good laugh at some dumb criminals and their dumber crimes. Several years ago, he began to collect and compile weird and funny criminal law stories. He shares some of them weekly on his Talk Zone Internet radio program. And now you can read more 
more of them yourself in one of his 14 humor books. He has two book series, Professor Birdsong's Dumbest Criminal Law Stories and Professor Birdsong's Weird Criminal Law Stories. They're available for purchase in either paperback or Kindle edition by going to the author link on the homepage at leonardbirdsong.com. Leonard knows that you'll get a few good laughs or at least a few chuckles from his collections of dumb and weird criminal law stories. Check them out for yourself by going to the author link at leonardbirdsong.com. Welcome back to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Yes, yes, sirree. Yes, sirree. Yes, sirree. It's Leonard Birdsong back with you on TalkZone. I'm broadcasting from the studios of TalkZone in Orlando, Florida. Lovely day here in Orlando. I am... You know, I come across things that I think I like to share with people. That's why I like to be on the radio. There's a new book out by a fellow who's an economist and a journalist. His name is Tim Harford. He's written a book called 50 Inventions That Shaped the Modern Economy. And uh, actually, it just came out two days ago. It's got some interesting stories, some things you don't know. Here's the first story that I didn't know. It's about paper money. When Venetian merchant Marco Polo made his groundbreaking visit to China 750 years ago, the most exciting of the many innovations the explorer saw there was paper money, currency that was representative of riches as opposed to the riches themselves. The bills from the bark of mulberry trees, or were made from the bark of mulberry trees, had been in circulation for 300 years in China, when Polo brought the concept to Europe. And then the concept of paper money finally came over to the United States. Here's another one that Harford talks about. Leaded gasoline. When Thomas Midgley, an inventor of leaded gasoline, initially demonstrated it to the media in the 1920s, he uh, did so by washing his hands with, unle- with leaded gasoline to demonstrate its safety. Now, he neglected to mention that he had just spent several months recovering from lead poisoning. <laughs> the U.S. government bent over backwards to convince the country that leaded gasoline was safe. Despite all evidence to the contrary, Americans pumped it into their cars for almost 50 years before the Clean Air Act of 1970 marked the beginning of the end for leaded gasoline. But now, Mr. Harford says, here's the shocker. Several decades after the enactment of the Clean Air Act, an economist by the name of Jessica Reyes, Reyes, I'm sorry, noticed that rates of violent crimes were starting to go down. Noting the effect of lead on children's brains, this led to studies that correlated the removal of lead from society with a decrease in crime. Reyes concluded that nationally over half the drop in crime, 56%, was because of cars switching to unleaded gas. When Reyes later studied the cost of switching the nation's cars to unleaded fuel, she found that it came to about 20 times less than the cost of all crime. Hmm. Unleaded gas and a decline in the crime rate. 
What about TV dinners? We've all eaten one at some time in our lives. In 1965, the American, I'm sorry, in 1965, the average American woman spent four hours a day in household chores, including cooking and cleaning. Today, that number is down to 45 minutes. While still more than American men, who average only 15 minutes a day of these tasks, this drastic reduction is at least partially due to the invention of TV dinners, says Tim Harford, the writer of the book, 50 Inventions That uh, Shaped Our Modern Economy. The... The TV dinner was introduced in 1954 in the United States and was invented by a bacteriologist named Betty Cronin, an employee of the Swanson Food Processing Company, who was looking for ways to keep busy after the business of supplying rations to the U.S. troops dried up after World War II. Freed from the time and responsibility of spending two to three hours a day preparing meals, American women entered the workforce in far greater numbers, secure in the knowledge that they would have food on the table come supper time. While sale of frozen dinners have fallen in recent years, you can see the evolutionary impact in other ready-to-eat meals, including meal kits. The industrialization of food, symbolized by the TV dinner, freed women from hours of domestic chores, removing a large obstacle to their adopting serious professional careers, says Hartford in his book. You might want to pick it up. What about infant formula? Most of us who have had children have bought instant, an infant, instant infant formula. Harford talks about that. In documenting the earth-shattering importance of baby formula, he writes, two depressing facts about American life in the 1800s come to the fore. Before modern medicine, about one in 100 childbirths killed a mother. Also, during the 1800s, only two in three babies who weren't breastfed lived to see their first birthday. Add to this that some women cannot breastfeed, and you can see the life itself was tenuous for newborns whose mothers could not breastfeed them. The invention of infant formula by a German chemist by the name of Justus von Liebig in 1865 changed much of this, giving more babies a chance at a full life even if their mother couldn't breastfeed or worse, didn't survive the birth. These are things I didn't know, and they are interesting. I hope you're finding them that way. Let me say that here's one that I certainly didn't know about, barbed wire. There's a story about barbed wire that says the man named John Warren Gates building a wire fence in San Antonio, Texas in 1876 bet locals that his fence could hold back some of the toughest and wildest longhorn steers in all of Texas. Now, Gates reportedly won the bet, but gambling wins weren't his true aim. He was promoting the new fence. Before the invention of barbed wire was patented by an Illinois businessman, J.F. Glidden, in 1874, the American West was a free-for-all, with no clear boundaries on property to hold off intruders or wild cattle. 
President Lincoln's 1862 signing of the Homestead Act, which allowed Americans to claim up to 160 acres of land if they worked it for five years, promoted the concept of privately owned property. But until barbed wire, there was no way to enforce their land or their land claim. There wasn't enough wood to keep out trespassers or those who would try to claim the land out from under other settlers, and other sorts of wire fences were destroyed by cattle. Barbed wire gave private ownership of property a defining characteristic that our nation really needed. This is an interesting book. I'm going to buy the whole thing and read it all. I don't have time to read all of the 50 inventions than just giving you an idea of what's in it. What about Google search? Most of us do Google searches. Harford writes, in just two decades, Google has become so ubiquitous that researchers at the, U- uh, uh, the, universe, the United Kingdom's University of Lancaster found that the same or the name verb itself pops up in conversation more frequently than the word death. The access Google provides to information has changed the world and the economy in many ways. The introduction of pay-per-click advertising in 2001, Harford writes, marked the beginning of the decline of newspaper and revenue, or I'm sorry, newspaper ad revenue, and an overall change to the nature of media. But according to a study by the McKinsey consulting firm, Google search has had numerous positive effects on the economy. For one thing, it makes finding new information at least three times faster than using sources of old, not counting travel time to and from a library. It's also led to greater price transparency, meaning that being able to Google a price while in the store leads to a more level financial playing field. Interesting inventions that have helped our economy. The book is written by Tim Harford. It's called 50 Inventions That Shaped the Modern Economy. It's put out by Riverhead Press. It came out two days ago on August 29th, 2017. All right. This is Leonard Birdsong. I'm here with you on Talk Zone. You heard some of my dumb criminal law stories before I talked about the inventions. If you want to read more, you can read some for free. Go to my blog, www.birdsongslaw.com, birdsongslaw.com, all one word. You'll find my stories there. They go back uh, several years. They're funny. Some of them have gone into my humor books, but uh, you can get a free read. If you want to buy some of my books, you're welcome to. You can go to Amazon.com or you can go to my webpage, LeonardBirdsong.com. You'll get a laugh or two or maybe even more with the dumb criminal stories. Now, I've got more for you, but I'm going to take a break right now. I want you to stay with me. I've uh, enjoyed being here with you, and I hope maybe you've learned a few things and had a few laughs. I've got some words of wisdom and some news tidbits and some riddles for you in the second part of the show. This is Leonard Birdsong. See you soon. Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. 
Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash Birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. 